Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is part of the You Haven't Heard This Productions and Publications Network. For more great shows and blogs and vlogs, please visit www.yhhtmpc.com. Welcome to YHHTMPC. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. What does that mean exactly? Oh, yeah. You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. A show about introducing lesser-known music of lesser-known artists from all over the world. And now, without further ado, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Welcome to Heaven This Music Podcast. I am Wayne. I'm your host. I am driving the show this week. And you haven't heard this music podcast is exactly what it says it is. We are promoting unheard, under the radar bands. Uh, that's pretty much it. And this is episode 14 of season five. We've made it all the way through to season five. On the show, as always, we have other hosts. We have Richie. Say hello, Richie. Hello, Wayne. How are you? You good? I'm a bit flustered, yeah. This is our second time of recording episode 14 because we had an absolute mare on Sunday uh, when we normally record and it's all got lost and broken and, and um, yeah, set on fire and destroyed by the devil. So we're having to uh, re-record and unfortunately uh, Mike Five isn't with us tonight but we have... Say hello, Neil. Hello, Neil. <laughs> I expect nothing less, Neil. I expect nothing less. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good. I'm, uh, I'm living in a building site at the moment because I'm having a, a new roof. So, uh, yeah, scaffold and dust and crap everywhere. Perfect weather for it, mate. Let's hope it doesn't dampen your Wi-Fi connection for the evening. We all normally have a, a guest on the show uh, from a band or from uh, or as an artist and that, and this week is no exception. Uh, this week we have Sam from the band Paradise Row. How are you, mate? Are you all right? I'm sweet as a nut, mate. I'm really glad for me. And let's make it a good one, boys. Excellent, yes. (laughs) Well, well, welcome along, Sam, and we'll get to know Sam as we move through. So, we are a podcast of many sections on side A. It is a bit of a magazine show, so we run it as we start with a head-to-head. This is where me, Richie, and Mike Five, obviously Mike Five isn't here this week, but we have a song that he's previously bought, and we put these songs out. We love these songs. They've been sent to us, or we've come across them. We, We know the artist or something, and we like to play them. And then at the end... 
uh, Sam from Paradise Row will pick his favourite. We move on from that into the wildcard area. The wildcard is where we just pick a random song from our emails and it could be absolutely anything and it's brilliant because it could be absolute shit or it could be the best thing you've ever heard and that's why the world card is great after the world card uh, as you said it could be anything we go on to the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go this is where in a previous episode we have chosen a random genre to go and try and find you know music from around the world and music from different genres and stuff that you haven't heard that you don't even know exists and uh, for the most part of this season we've gone away and wrote our own music um, <laughs> mainly as an accident because we couldn't find something for some we're plungy, um, splashy music. We're using water. That's how it started. That's how, That's it, started. how it started. Could, yeah. It was a, a, a genre called Liquindy, and I couldn't find Acid any Liquindy. I couldn't find an independent artist that did splashing in water as their, uh, their style <laughs> That's of music. That's unsurprising. So it's a bit just... difficult to record, isn't it? It fucks up the mics. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to just splash in the bath myself, and from there we've started writing our own stuff for the genre. It's just yeah, it just fell into it, didn't it? Uh, after the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode, which this week is called Rasquido uh, Doble, uh, we'll go into that later on. Now we go into the uh, I don't know much about history section. I'll bring a song from history and tell you all about it, and we'll have a listen to it. And after all that joviality, and if Sam is still here after all that, we talk about <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about Paradise Row and Sam and all the rest of it in the artist spotlight. That is the entire show, but we. Before we roll into that, we'll start with the uh, the new section of the show, which is hold the on, icebreaker. Hold on, hold on. Different thing. Right. Firstly, you haven't introduced the podcast AI. It's because I did it Sunday. That's why I'm doing it again now. So, over the past few weeks, we've integrated a podcast AI into the show, so we have a new host. Uh, this week, it's, well, it's usually Austin, but Austin's not with us. We've got Austin's wife with us this time. We've got Rose. Uh, Austin's got COVID. Austin's, I'd, I'd, well, we'll find out in a minute. So, uh, Rose, thank you for joining us. Uh, are you good? Yeah, fucking Bonza, thanks for asking. Thanks for having me, you pack of cunts. Not sure why I'm here, though. I don't even listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> so we got you on the podcast. You don't listen to music. How come you don't listen to? Sorry. How come you don't listen to music? Because I'm a fucking computer program. You dipshit. <laughs> Fair enough. This is going to go well. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us anyway. And uh, obviously, like I just said, you're Austin's wife. Um, how, how is Austin? Austin's a cunt with a tiny cyber dick. He doesn't even touch the sights. Useless piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, if you've been keeping up with the podcast, you'll find out uh, he's been, she's been um, playing behind his back and stuff, and that, that it's it's been like a soap opera. But I think we'll just leave that there. <laughs> we'll, we'll move swiftly on. Wayne, carry on. <laughs> uh, right, we'll start with uh, the icebreaker. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I always forget you've left a laugh in there. It, free, it freaks me out because I think, oh, I'm not laughing. Why is it laughing? Who's laughing? It's my laugh. What's going on? I, I, wasn't, I, I, what's I, going on. I couldn't be asked to create a, <laughs> a proper like segue, so I just used what you did in that episode, and I like it. Right, so the icebreaker is a, a little section of the show where we get to know each other a little bit more, and especially our guests and whatnot, and Rich normally he brings in some little questions or something. Mine is really, really simple. Uh, mine is, what's the last album you listened to you got a bit um, obsessed with that you could, just couldn't stop listening to, and you just thought, this is fantastic? And we'll start with you, Neil. 
Um, I don't know about obsessed with. Um, it, I listened to an album the other day in the, the car on a long road trip that I haven't listened to for a while, but I did get very obsessed with back in the day, and that was uh, Nirvana Unplugged in New York. Nice, nice choice. I, I, I never, I, I never got into Nirvana when grunge was a thing. Um, I was more into Britpop and you know Oasis and a bit, a little bit of classic rock and that kind of thing. I just thought Nirvana was noise, uh, and old grunge seems <laughs> just noise really. And um, much, much later in life, I discovered this album and it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and I really sort of um, began to appreciate Kurt Cobain as a songwriter. And I sort of then went back into their back catalogue, and it's, it's always like unless I, th- I think unless you you know kind of into the grunge scene I always say to appreciate Nevada properly you've got to listen to that unplugged album first get a ground and then go back and understand their earlier material 100% 100% I think you'll bang on with that and it's, it's just like there's just so much uh, raw emotion in that album and it's like particularly um, the end I mean there's so many covers on it it's almost like uh, and I think at this point I mean it, it was it was recorded something like something ridiculous like four days before Kurt Cobain's death uh, and he you know I, mean, I, often, I often think you know uh, you know all the musicians uh, the 27 club who've died young and everything what would Kurt Cobain be doing if he was still alive today and I definitely don't think he'd be doing the same thing he was doing with Nirvana he'd be collaborating with other artists and he'd be doing weird things because he it's almost like he got bored of the scene and, and that album is probably 50% covers um, he's working with a, another lesser known band um, whose name I forget at the moment not the Vaselines they do, they do a Vaseline song uh, but there's another band who were kind of on the scene at the time we basically play with them on the gig uh, and they finish by doing about four of their songs uh, and they finish with um, uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night and it's just the I, honestly if you don't get goosebumps when you hear the vocals at the end of that you, you're clinically dead there's something wrong with you <laughs> it, the, the power in his voice and he, he gets to the point where he can't even sing he's spitting the words out he's just there's just so much pent up raw emotion in there so uh, emotional he, that he ended up shooting himself in the face exactly I mean that, that is his it's just like in the context of things it makes so much sense it was almost, yeah. it's almost like he knew that was going to be his last performance and he gave yeah, he everything he's airing some demons right there it's, it's funny you bring up um, Unplugged actually because um, it, it was that was definitely my gateway drug into Nirvana um, obviously I'm, I'm a bit younger so I missed out on the on the peak grunge and Britpop years in the 90s um, but I remember hearing that and I just remember thinking I thought this is supposed to be a grunge band and it but for me like you said I went back and discovered stuff in like backwards um like you described and and it just made me have more respect for them because it, it showed that they could do like the the, the, the the anti-pop thing but they also had like this great songwriting talent underneath as well and it just it just made me have even more respect for Kurt Bain just as a result of that to show that he because a lot of the, a lot of those grunge, I'm not really into grunge properly, um, I, but I like the ones that can do it and can bring like that sort of talent and that mainstream sort of universal appeal with it as well. I just think that takes a bit, just a little bit more creativity and genius, you know. And mm. yeah, I just it blew me away when I first heard it. I thought it was, I think that's a good shout, mate. Excellent. Uh, well, busy busy we're on you, Sam. What's what's the last album that uh, you got a bit uh, you know had a fair few spins about yourself? Oh, I don't know. Thing is, because I'm, I'm I'm everything's on like Spotify and Apple Music, so I don't I don't stick on albums that often. But the last one I remember getting proper into 
was actually Abbey Road because I've been a Beatles fan for a long, 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 long time. They're one of the first bands I've really got into. Like, We're smashing the classics out tonight, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't beat the classics sometimes, man. You know, yeah. but like, what it was, like, I remember people would bang on about Abbey Road being its masterpiece, and I never really gave it a proper listen, like all the way through until quite recently. And um, I, it, it blew me away. I was just like, oh, why did I do this sooner? Like, it was, it's just proper, proper good. <laughs> it's and, the Beatles, isn't it? So, yeah. 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 But it's, it's it, I don't know. There's the, like, when I heard Sergeant Pepper for the first time all the way through, I thought, it's great. But it's not as great as maybe some people like to tout it as being. Like, there's some amazing moments, but there's a couple of crap moments too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a couple of tunes I skip. I got I, it, I got it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, there's genius. I'm not saying, that, you know, they're not geniuses or anything. But Abbey Road, I just found it just a more pleasurable journey, start to finish. And it's got one of my favourite George Harrison songs on it as well, who I think was the best of the post Beatles, Beatles, um, with something. I thought that was like his sort of like. Yeah, what a tune that is. That was his. That's when, for me, that's when uh, George Harrison overtook John Lennon, in my opinion, was when he wrote something. After that, for me, John Lennon got just a bit too whiny. (laughs) 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 He did. He just, uh, he's he's banged on about shit a bit too much and stopped having fun. <laughs> Started protesting against stuff. So most people in the protest are standing in front of tanks or take on the world. What are you gonna do, John? What are you gonna do? I'm just gonna lie in bed. Twat. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking way. I'm totally down with that protest. <laughs> Excellent. Rich, anything for you? Spice girls, mate. <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah, I figured as much. Is it the greatest hits so or are you going with, are you going with actual Spice World? The, fir- the, fir- the first album, mate, sm- uh, smashed it. Wanna be, say you'll be there to become one. Love thing, last, you know, mama. Oh, mate. I mean, you've taken a piece of it as a pop album. That's pretty I am good. actually taking the piss, but it actually was quite good as well. I don't really listen to albums. The only album I can ever think of listening to all the way through, you know, wanting to listen to it again would be Burlap to Cashmere. Anybody out there? Uh, other than that, I don't really Have listen to albums. Have you got shares in Burlap to Cashmere? I should, if I no <laughs> keep, keep keep bringing them up it's because they're that good no I'll get it I'll get it because because uh, you listen to all the submissions I know you do so it's, I know it's a bit difficult for yourself um, my uh, my album that I keep going back to recently is from 2021 and it's by an artist called Self Esteem and it's her album Prioritised Pleasure I was lucky enough to go to a festival earlier in the year called Kite Festival no kites FYI, not a single kite there at all. Totally missold. <laughs> if you've gone there for kites, you are totally fucking, you're going to be so upset. But they did have lots of talks and lots of free thinking ideas and that sort of stuff. And then later in the day, they had maybe Staples come on, she was amazing. They had St. Etienne they played. And then Self Esteem came on. Now, I only knew one Self Esteem song from the playlist I got from Kite and knew nothing else of her. And she came out on stage, it's fucking absolute whirlwind and just won me over and I'd come home and downloaded the album and it's just fucking brilliant it's just expressive and it's angry and it's thoughtful and it's thought provoking and uh, she's just recently last week um, this has been the first week of August last week of July been nominated for a Mercury, Mercury Music Prize for this album and it is just it's just stunning there's the songs on there like I'm Fine the way that al- the way it starts the album you know where you're going with it from there and there's one on there called um prioritised pleasure which is fantastic obviously named after the album and 
probably the standout one from the album which is I do this all the time and it's one of those ones that is just it's just an anthem I suppose I don't think it's going to be for everybody but for me it was just a, a moment that you know standing in this field watching this lady it was a bit she was very pissed off because I cut a short uh, a set short because uh, Grace Jones was throwing a bit of a hissy fit because she was headlining so uh, she came out and was a bit upset about it all but then put the fucking storming show on and uh, yeah so we'd definitely check her out I watched her at Glastonbury as well it was it was fantastic show, just like it was when I, when I saw her so yeah that's the icebreaker everybody I feel like we've got to know each other a little bit more now yeah it feel, feels like I've known you for years um, <coughs> yeah. it's amazing <laughs> the only other thing I'd say on top of what you was just uh, on about in the same kind of subject I last year decided because everybody bangs on about how good Radiohead is I decided to listen to their complete works and I nearly ended up institutionalised oh, I never got Radiohead <laughs> I've got to be honest <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, 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 I've never really joined that boat either. I, I, there's a couple of good tunes. Yeah, it was like listening to Salvador, Salvador Dali, the music. Oh, I feel like I should like Radiohead. I desperately want to, but there's just... I do like a few songs, you know, Street Spirit and... Like, but it's, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, it, it, it just there's something I'm missing somewhere, I think. He's just a bit up himself, isn't he, that Tom, that Tom York? Yeah. Like yeah. you think, he's just a bit, he just loves the smell of his own farts or something, I don't know. <laughs> and, and Muse as well, that's another one I've never really got. Yeah, they're, uh, like, a le- they're like a lesser radio head. Well, like probably a more accessible radio head, but yeah, yeah, that's not, 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 access- not, not accessible enough for me. I actually had tickets to go see Muse once and I, I, um, I passed it up to go paintball in for half a day. <laughs> I think it made the right decision. Yeah, <laughs> same yeah. noise, isn't it? Yes, pretty, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah, don't regret that one bit. <laughs> uh, right, so after after getting to know each other. This is what the show's all about. We promote the lesser-known artists and slag off the mainstream ones. Love it, I'm all for it. You too, loud as shit. <laughs> Whatever, Neil, we know you bum off them. Oh, yeah, fuck off, Neil. Don't get don't lie to us. <laughs> uh, right then, let's uh, let's move the show along. Let's start with a head-to-head. Right, head to head time, everybody. Uh, as Mike Five's not here, um, let's let's start with Mike Five's uh, song, uh, which is Rebel Tramp and his song Wave Tasia.
So uh, that was Rebel Tramp with Wave Tasia. I'll read you a little blurb from there. Uh, Mike's got all the information on this, and we're doing this on the, on the fly. So I'll read you the, his little bit on uh, Spotify. So it says, he's based out of Petaluma, California, and this project was started as a way for him to make music that he always wanted to make. Uh, he says his guitar is the main instrument, and he starts most of his music with a strum guitar riff and then paints the rest of the picture from there. And he says he hopes you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Bob. Um, now, from what I remember, our conversation with Mike on Sunday, uh, Mike owns the Lights and Lines uh, record label, and a couple of months ago, he started this competition. I, well, I don't know if it's a competition, but he started this thing where it was an album writing club, where you got as many people as you could in, and they just wrote an album in like a month or in six weeks, and Rebel Tramp and Wave Taser, this is one of one of the uh, the tracks that's come through, and I think Mike's releasing it uh, quite soon, maybe the first week of September, and might be like straight away as this airs I can't remember what he said now if he listens back he'll be able to tell you exactly where when it is um, so check Twitter for that um, but yeah what uh, what do you think Sam? I enjoyed that to be fair um, I think I probably would have enjoyed it more if I was listening through headphones and not on my crappy tinny speakers I feel like there's a lot of texture missing from just out of my phone quality but that being said what I could hear I like very much I love that sort of that well paced sort of psychedelic electro dancey rocky sort of mix that he had going on it sounds like the sort of thing that I would cook my breakfast to every morning and annoy my girlfriend um, like she'd come down and find me like binning around in my underwear was, you know flipping my eggs and sort of like pretending to be a robot or something <laughs> lovely Lovely. Yeah, it's that kind of vibe. It, that if I can find that tune after this, I'll definitely set that on my breakfast playlist. It is. Uh, it is all over Spotify, so you can definitely find it there. Yeah, I liked it, man. It sort of reminded me a little bit of like Goldfrapp, but without the female vocals. You know what? Yeah, I can see that, mate. Yeah, definitely. That's that sort of yeah, because he's got some really nice organic sounds in there as well, which are really that lovely double bass that comes in, which I don't know if you'll pick up on your uh, on your speakers, but it is this really lovely clean double bass. Uh, Neil, what do you think? Yeah, a bit of electronic prog rock. But what's what? What's there not to love? I really enjoyed it. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, lovely. Uh, Rich. Yeah, it's um, to me it sounded very confused, like it didn't know what it wanted to be, but it didn't care either because it was really fucking enjoying itself in the process, and I was enjoying it as well. It's really, yeah, it was really good. A lot, very bassy. That's nice. I liked it. I would stick that on my playlist. I would stick that on my breakfast playlist. Yeah, it gets you going nicely, sets you up nice for the day without being too mental yes yeah it's got a distinctive like sort of 80s retro feel to it you know it's, it's and you know it's got just like, you, like you've all said it's just got that lovely groove it's, it's just really nice so yeah uh, if you want to check out Rebel Tramp on Wave Tasia it's on Spotify they're on Twitter they're on Facebook so you'll be able to find them through that way and Richie you can go next before I go next I just want to uh mention to everybody that we have a Patreon now you can join our Patreon we're going to do loads of stuff on it so if you're an artist and you join our Patreon will give you an exclusive invite link to our members area over there you'll be able to post all your latest works and we'll give you a spin on our podcast our b-side and we'll give you a shout out on socials yeah if you're a podcaster because i listen to podcasts all day every day if you're a podcaster i'll do you a nice review and uh, you can post your stuff you know i'll review your episodes and we'll give you a shout out as well also we're going to start doing this is this is this is what i want to do i want to start doing giveaways now as as more and more patrons start getting added the prizes will get bigger and bigger each month at the moment we only have one patreon which is me i've done that thing where you know where you see a busker in the street and he's put a bit of his own money in to make it look like somebody's put some money in there that's what i've done and um, (laughs) then 
but so at the moment we don't have any patrons but end of September whoever's joined I'm gonna give out a tin whistle and then we'll see how many patrons we've got and then we'll announce the next prize and hopefully as the months go on the prizes will get bigger and bigger and bigger I mean I, I want to be giving away drum kits and all manner of shit by this time next year you want to be giving away uh, a Moog synthesizer don't you because you love them so much that's exactly what, what the fuck's one of those <laughs> a Moog synthesizer <laughs> Yeah, you'll give them away as well. So yeah, join our Patreon. It's the right thing to do. Right, so my song is, moving on, Alex Francis with his song, If I Can't Have You. Until it's gone But I really do So how did I go wrong When you're the only one Stay a little longer Give me a little more time I know you've been hurting And I know I'm the reason why Maybe you should move on And find someone new Baby, I know I don't want nobody If I can't have you If I can't have you I got lost in my precious little world Left you out, but you never said a word don't have to tell me what a fool I've been Just give me one more chance and we can start again Could we just start again? Stay a little longer, give me a little more time I know you've been hurting and I know I'm the reason why Maybe you should move on and find someone new Baby, I know I don't want nobody If I can't have you If I can't have you I see you standing there Still wearing my own worn-out shirt And in my mind it's still you and I Still you and I against the world if you let me show you, I love you more than you can know. Now, I don't want nobody else. I'm begging, darling, please don't go. Stay a little longer. Give me a little more time. I know you've been hurting, and I know I'm the reason why. Maybe you should move on and find someone new. Baby, I know I don't want nobody If I can't have you If I can't have you Don't you know if I can't have you Let her darling if I can't have you 
So that was Alex Francis with If I Can't Have You. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who might be new to the show uh, and wondering why we have a podcast AI, the reason we have a podcast AI is because when I read out loud, I sound like a five-year-old at school reading Spot the Dog out loud for the first time. So I've got an assistant instead. So Rose, if you'd be so kind, could you tell us a little bit about this guy? Alex Francis has established himself as an emerging artist in the UK, Europe and beyond, breaking the boundaries between contemporary pop and classic soul. Alex's music has been championed on UK and European national radio by Clash, Time Out and on BBC Introducing. He's currently developing new original material with award-winning songwriters Mark Taylor and Patrick Muscall for release in 2022. So yeah, that, that's a, a little bit about him. So he's, he's got, um, he's, he's been on BBC introducing. BBC introducing for me is like saying, I've got a city in guilds. Everyone's got one. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's got one and it doesn't mean anything. Everyone except us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's my song. A bit, bit of a different vibe from what was played first by from Mike. But uh, I liked it. It gave me a bit of... It, it sounded a bit like Gomez. I don't know if you know Gomez, but yeah. I'm not going to take it apart and give you all the technicals. I don't, I don't really give a shit about that. It's just a good song. So yeah, Wayne? Yeah, you know, it's just got that lovely, warm, live feeling to it. You know, it's got that fantastically warm guitar sound that you'd probably spend a lifetime trying to curate and get right. And it just feels so natural. You know, there's there's minimal squeaks on the string, but the, the you know the resonance from from the strings is fantastic. Uh, fantastically brilliant voice as well. So 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 soulful. Try saying that three times fast. He just does a fantastic job. I had a look at Mark Taylor because he mentioned Mark. Well, um, Rose mentioned Mark Taylor in his uh, uh, in his bio. And Mark Taylor is a British record producer and songwriter who's worked with a fuck ton of people, including Lady Gaga, Nelly Furtado, Lionel Richie, Hall & Oates, fucking Ronan Keating, Enrique Iglesias, fucking you name it, Britney Spears, fucking his list is massive. It's ridiculous. So, uh, so yeah, he's in good company, I feel. Yeah, he's, like you say, his voice is something special. It's very gravelly. It's more it's gravelier than a Jippo's drive. <laughs> <coughs> really nice, Dan. It's got Yeah, he's got like a Jack Savaretti vibe to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you like this, Sam? Uh, I'll be honest, it's not the sort of thing I normally like, really. Do you like this, Neil? (laughs) (laughs) I did, but come to me in a minute. (laughs) No, sorry, you were saying, Sam. Well, I was just going to say, his voice is is really good. It reminds me a little bit of Paolo Nutini, the way he sang that little touch of gravel and that soul. It's just like Paolo Nutini, when he does some of his slower, more soulful stuff, it did take me to that sort of place which I did quite like actually yeah no it was good it's just like I'm not really I'm not normally a fan of sort of the slow folky solely yeah I'm only pissed off because I won this section on Sunday and I know I'm going to lose it now (laughs) yeah I've done you there with the same song (laughs) (laughs) music is subjective Rich Music is subjective, Neil. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I think, um, I mean, I think somebody's mentioned already the the powerful vocal. Yeah, it's interesting you compared him to Jack Savaretti, Wayne. Because I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I I bum off Jack Savaretti, uh, but i you know I appreciate some of his um, earlier music. Uh, I have seen him twice, but but yeah, it, it, yeah, I don't know why I didn't spot that before. It's definitely got a bit of a Savaretti vibe. But he, I love the way um, he take my kind of thing. Really, I don't really like that. He, he was kind 
kind of a bit too mellow and soulful for, for the thing I'd normally listen to but the vocal as you said was so powerful and so gravelly there was um, there was a little bit of Brian Adams in there I thought and it, 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 it reminded me I love the way that the vocal did the work and the guitar was there almost as a backing instrument and it, it reminded me I'd, uh, um, I went to a Brian Adams concert a few years ago and it was average you know at best which is a good way of describing Brian Adams really it was, it was okay you know you get your, your hits your summer of 69 and whatever and that one that was in the charts for weeks I forget the name of the Robin Hood one and you know they're good tunes they're okay nothing nothing groundbreaking but then he did this encore where he, he, he came for the entire he did seven about seven or eight songs for the encore on his own with an acoustic guitar and it was like that was the best bit of the concert for me because there was just so much control and power in there and it, it reminded me of that so uh, oh yeah I liked it my, my only issue with the song even though I brought it I shouldn't have it, any issues but I do the only issue I have is when He's changing chords, and you get that squeak on the um, the strings. If you're good that's at the guitarist, you know this. No, no, it's lovely. It sounds real. It sounds raw. No, 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 because no, no, he's got this really nice playing. He's like, no, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I like the ways. No, no, I'm not a fan. Speaking as a guitarist, I'd barely heard those. And those are the things that get on my nerves. I, I, I'm with you, Rich. If he's if he's badly recorded, this is why he's, I picked it up. That I thought it was, his guitar sound was fantastic because the fret noise when he, he's moving his hands around is minimal because he could easily go off off the other way and just be like you say, like yeah. But it's something that really grates on me. So if it's there even a little bit, I'm gonna notice it. Yeah, but some guitarists crave it. You know what I mean? They, they want you to know they're changing yeah, to a C major. Those, C-Majin, gu- those you know? guitarists can go and eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I'm bringing Jaws of Life and their song, I promise. Enjoy.
So that was Jaws of Life with, I promise, a little bit about Jaws of Life here. Jaws of Life are a pop punk band based in the South Wales Valleys, drawing inspiration from bands such as Newfound Glory and Blink-182. The four-piece are full of catchy, feel-good songs that will have you singing to your steering wheel like nobody is watching. It's just unashamedly pop punk and... My kids have recently gone to skateboarding and this is the sort of thing that I'd expect to hear on like the pro, the Tony Hawk Pro skateboard game soundtrack from back in the day uh, when Pop Punk was really at its height. And to be honest with you, these guys are, you know, I haven't dipped my toe into Pop Punk for a very long time, but I think this is probably the best I've heard of this genre for quite some time. I've just had a quick look at Slam Dunk, which is like the, the pop punky festival. And they're all bands from like 2002 and 2004 and five, you know, Sum 41 are still headlining, you know, and you've got some other bands in there who are from the same era. Plus 44. Uh, not those guys, no, because uh, then everybody hates Tom DeLong, don't they? So, um, Tom the Monk. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom the Monk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the things I love about it, I think it's really well recorded. Their musician, their musicianship is great. The, you know, the solos in there is absolutely fantastic. Let's be honest, you don't need to be brilliant at, at, at playing guitars to be in a pop-punk band or to be in a punk band. If, in fact, it probably works better if you, if you can't play your instrument perfectly in a punk band. It kind of defeats the object. But these guys can obviously play. You know, that solo in there is really, really good. I've, I've enjoyed the way that it's all put together. The arrangement is really good. And it's one of those songs that I like from the first time I played it, and that was doesn't come along very often and um, sometimes it takes two or three listens but I just like this from the very start so who's going to hit me with Wayne music first me and Neil was, we're, we're both thinking it I was I was thinking I've, I've really missed Wayne music it's it's one of the things I've missed about the podcast I just I wrote it down I wrote it down at the top of my list because I was thinking Sunday when I played this with Mike I just thought I'm not going to hear Wayne music once because Rich isn't fucking harsh to me when you're not around Neil <laughs> but when you, you bear it together <laughs> for those who don't know the show and knew that 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 in joke is, um, but Wayne likes pop punk and uh, used to bring it a lot, and it became. He created his own genre. Yeah. Wayne music. <laughs> can you remember? Wayne. Can you remember when we first started the ISG Wayne that band, and uh, we, we were trying to come up with a name, and we came up with the idea of uh, calling the band Equals Eighty Five, and then when people ask why, we'd say because some the sum forty one plus forty four equals eighty five. <laughs> it's really fucking, really fucking sad, but I don't think I was there for that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go with it in the end. No, it was something far more obscure. <laughs> yeah, the incest survivors group is what we went with instead. Oh, you can't say it. it's. I've hidden that secret for years, and you just I, dropped it out. I think the, the I, I think the best ISG story you told me is when someone came up to you at a gig once and said, "What does ISG stand for?" And you just looked at them and said, "Rapid Eye Movement." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so come on then what did you think uh, yeah what did you think Sam oh, I don't, I don't, the thing is you're having such a nice time I don't want to be a downer I don't want to be a downer I'm not, I don't like it either it's fine Yeah. Well, I'm, I'll be honest when I was younger when I was about 13 I used to listen to a lot of pop punk I really bought into the angst and the, and the damage and all that that comes with it I even tried skateboarding and I broke my wrist and I used to run around thinking I was blooming Van Margera or something. I don't know what I thought I was doing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, so, like, maybe, like, 10, 15 years ago, I would have been all over this. I'd have been like, 
I'd have been up there with my little fuzzy wristbands that I bought for two pound from Camden. Do you know what I mean? Jumping around, um, but not anymore. I'm 28. I've moved on. <laughs> it's a very similar story to what Mike told the weekend. He he said he tried skateboarding oh, once hell, yeah. and he broke his wrist. Yeah, but finish the entire story. He, he picked a skateboard up and his first thing was to drop in on the half pipe, like not learn to skate on the thing, just straight in on the half pipe. <laughs> Uh, See, I did do skateboarding when I was younger, and I, it took me months and months and months to work up the, you know, the balls yeah. to be able to drop in on a half pipe. Mike just picks it up, slams on his, slams on his face, and breaks his wrist. <laughs> and then he told some story about being pissed up in college, and him and his mates were pushing. Was it like pissed up on a skateboard, going down the hallway with pool noodles? That's all you needed to say. Just pissed up on a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't do that at home, kids. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan either. Uh, it's not, it's not my thing. I, I grew up and you know, it was. It should have been my era, really, and it, it just didn't work for me. You know what it is? There, there was a lot of good stuff about. That. There was a lot of good that came out of that genre that I would still. To this day, I'd look back and I'd say there was some good songs. Even if, if when you wash away all the the emo tropes and all the stuff that it gets buried in, like there is there's some great songwriting going on there, especially with albums like the Black Parade, My Chemical Romance. That was a stunning album, and it stood out because it did other things that other bands weren't necessarily doing. They weren't afraid to write good songs with with different things going on, you know. And it, it, even to this day, that album would still stand. You just have to do a bit of like. Getting rid of, like I said, like getting rid of some of the the, the cosmic, the cosmetic things of, of the emo scene. Yeah. Um, but underneath it, you know, there's some great stuff. But with like that song in particular, I listen to that and I feel like it's not doing anything to stand out from the genre. It's just kind of, I just feel like that song's been written a hundred times. It's everything you've ever heard before. No, I'll agree. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not doing anything different. I just thought it's a really good representation of, of pop punk. I think it's a really decent, you know, song. It's one that I wouldn't turn off when it comes on a playlist. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You know, highlighting bands. Don't get me wrong. Like, I know we make Britpop in our band and we're not reinventing the wheel we're not bringing anything new to the genre ourselves so it's probably a bit hypocritical for me to judge a band for doing that but I think it's, it's mainly because I don't like pop punk. I feel like they, they would need to do something different for me to have to like it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I could hear the same Britpop four chords ten times, and I'd probably still love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Are we all finished? Are we all finished with the head to head? I think we're all spent on it. So. Excellent. Right. Okay. Uh, so Sam, it's up to you. What is your favourite track of the week? What? I'm definitely gonna have to go with the first one. I can't remember what they're called. Something Rebel. Rebel Tramp. Rebel Tramp. That's a that's a cool name, isn't it? Yeah. Rebel Tramp. It's just like it's just done two cool names slung together and it worked. I like that. Rebel Tramp. Mm, it is a good track. It is a good track. Uh, worthy winner. Yeah, I think it's good. I'm, uh, uh, it's generally one I wanna I wanna fry my bacon to, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that could be Sounds just... like, Yeah, strangely sexual, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mate, I'll break a few eggs for that. Right then, let's, let's, let's move this fucking show along the road. So, well done, Mike Five. You aren't even fucking here and you've won, you bastard. Uh, Rebel Tramp and Wave Tasia uh, takes the victory this week. Let's move on to the wild card. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is the wild card. This is the section of the show where we choose a random song from the emails. We don't know what it is. We don't know how it's going to sound. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be anything. I've already selected it. And yeah, so uh, Rose, do you want to tell us a bit about this random song from the emails, please? A garish reliquary for the grey complexioned emblems of neo-modernist reinvention. Another anchronotic simul sensation of post-punk militancy or just five man-child hobbyists that enjoy making semi-organized noise together, confounding dopesthetics with decadence. Who are they to say? Spirits in the pillar have been failing to improve on silence for a couple of years, but have kept reasonably quiet about that until now, along now so attenuated by pathological blockages to collective projects situated in the transit zones between experimental and popular culture. Fatalistic acquiescence finally turned in on itself. Even to make the out cold tomorrow blink and twitch a little, that'd be something as far as preludes go on in Gnostic terrain. So what we do here is we, we listen to the bio or what you know, and we try and work out what the song is gonna be from what we've heard. Wayne, what are you what are you expecting from that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've just got the thesaurus out and tried to decode half of what Rose just said. Is Rose all right, or is that actually the bio she's read out? Yeah, that's that's actually what she's read out. So the band has spent five years trying to improve on silence, is what she said. Yeah, if you didn't catch it, uh, the band's called Spirits in the Pillar. Uh, Singularitarian Rhapsody is the song. Um, yeah, so what are you expecting to get from, from, from them, Wayne? I mean, the, the way he's going, it's, it could be fucking anything, could it? This this could be like Radiohead on acid. Um, yeah. You know, from that from the way that bio goes, I mean, it's weird as all fucking it. There's the stuff in there I don't understand. So, um, yeah, I, I might have to get the email up and have a read. Um, I don't know, maybe a bit uh, a bit proggy, a bit idols-ish, maybe. That sort of thing. I'm expecting Aphex Twin. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, what, what were you expecting? Uh, Joe, I don't, I've got no idea what to expect, but it sounds like it's going to be like, did you, did you ever watch X Factor back in the day? Yeah, sure. There was a, there was a lady on there who had a go at Simon Cowell because um, she was a holistic vocal coach. And I don't know what kind of music that meant she actually do, but for some reason, I imagine that girl making whatever's being described there for some reason. My head's putting the two together. Some holistic, academic, like, demonstration of someone's absurdity. <laughs> so Radiohead. Yeah, we're going back to Radiohead again, some rubbish like that. <laughs> Neil? Um, well, he's going to be either one or two things. I think um, he's going to be sort of really, sort of really random off the wall. Like, do you remember that festival we went to years ago, where I came for the day, and you had yeah. that band called uh, Father Diego and the Good Fairy or something oh, like yeah. that? Oh, fucking yeah. Yeah. Um, and you had somebody playing a, a candle stuffer or stuffer yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is either going to be something really sort of out there like that, or it's going to be Radiohead but good? Yeah. Fucking hell, Neil. I'm having PTSD about that interview now. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Rose, what do, what, what, what do you think? Sound like a pretentious bunch of cons. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rose has got his sussed. Okay, so this is, um, well, this is uh, Spirits in the Pillar with a singularitarian singularitarian rhapsody. Rhapsody. Fuck me. So this, forget Rose to say it. <laughs> This is Spirits in the Pillow, Singularitarian Rhapsody.
in the pillow with Singularitarian Rhapsody um, uh, uh, Wayne um, I mean I said it was a bit idols and his vocal was, was a bit idols and the way it's recorded is is like raw um, so I, 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 I mean they've obviously spent time to get that recording to sound like that I mean fuck knows how much time as well to, to get it to sound that way because it sounds really really good it sounds like a live recording almost I, I don't not like it I like it, but it's it's a real challenge to listen to because it's not pretty straightforward and linear. I'd sort of describe it as art rock almost. You know, it's it's like like their their blurb is is 
purposefully nonsensical so you have to you know sift through it all to understand what they're doing and and it's a i think it's a bit militant but i'm not really fucking sure at who maybe lush the, like the soap shop they're gonna fucking <laughs> dig at them or somebody I'm not, I'm not really i'm not really sure but like i say i, I did not like it it's just it'd take a bit of time it's not one of those ones you could listen to once and just go oh yeah it's, it's this it's like the stuff in there and I think the way he's recording the musicianship and the way they play together is, is interesting. But I think it's one of them ones I'd have to go back and maybe listen to a lot more of their stuff. But yeah. Sam? Uh, I'll be honest, that sounds like the sort of music that should be like listened to by people who want to sit in silence and not have fun and then like write down at the end what they, why they thought it was good. And go, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it sounds more like an exam. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds gold, like academic music. Yeah, it just sounds like yeah they've gone, they've given them like a task. Like, how many weird time signatures and stuff can you do in one <laughs> song? Go, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then they've gone, yo, 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 we could do that. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yeah, 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 they do sound like the kind of people you'd meet at a cricket match with a with an IPA and they're, they're saying things like, yeah, yes, I do like a nice brew dog. Yours, 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 yours. <laughs> It's the sort of thing you if you walked into a party and there's other people sat on the floor listening to that, you just sort of back out slowly, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's scribblings of a madman. It put me in mind of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, the way he was um, sh- shouting, the music not so much. It was kind of like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band over Radiohead. Oh, but if we had to stop fucking d- dishing on radio, I've had a fucking enough of that now. Can leave leave the fuckers alone. <laughs> Christ, I, I mean, I've got no love for radio. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Neil, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think Wayne did the nail on the head when he said it, it, it's definitely not accessible. It's the kind of thing you have to go away and, and listen to a bit. I, I think there's, there's probably something rewarding in there, but you have to work at it. Uh, I didn't not like it. It was interesting. It was different. It was very, very much art. ish art rock. That he described it as. It, it was, um, I think there's a good song in there, but it's hard work, but that's deliberate. I, I think they they come across as a kind of band who um, they're not in it for the popularity. Just as well. He, you, know, you know, yeah, you kind of like, you know, they, they, they want fans who are really going to work hard and push through that barrier and really appreciate their music. Um, and again, maybe this, it's all tied into the same thing. I think one thing that really didn't work for me is I felt like there was a a message in there but it kind of like got lost in the weirdness of the song sound like a pretentious bunch of cons well <laughs> <laughs> yes. I won't go that far but uh, yeah Neil I think, yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head man. that was very eloquent and I think uh, you, you've 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 summed it up really well, mate, to be honest. You could be a politician. Do you know what I find with music, right? I find with music that I feel like the power of music is that it conveys the message very quickly. And, like, if you listen to anything that's made that's made history, like even classical music, like the planets, Hulse, and you can't do that. There's no words in there, but you, you can you get the feeling and the imagery straight away, striking. And I feel like if music doesn't do that, I feel like it's failed. Yeah, if mu- yeah, I absolutely agree. Music should convey a message, and you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to dig through something to find the message. You should enjoy it, and you should get the message. Otherwise, that music can just go and fuck off. <laughs> Amen. I like the fact we're completely divided on this. The two of us in the camp. Who I mean, I'm probably go away and listen to more of their stuff, and you two have got like literally no time for it. I, I, I you know, and that's what this show's about. So that's that's what the entire the thing the ethos of this thing is to bring songs that you know 
perhaps we wouldn't normally listen to and wouldn't be heard. So I, I like that. I, I, wanna, I, I 100% agree with what you just said, Richard. If, 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 if song doesn't do that, it's not music. I, I'm not convinced that what we just listened to was music, but that doesn't <laughs> mean it was necessary. But that doesn't mean it was necessarily bad. Yeah, I mean, some people would look at pieces of art in, say, the Tate or places like that and say, that's not art. Again, it's subjective, isn't it? You know, what what's art to one person is shit to another. It's that old thing. I just want to point out also that although this isn't my thing, that doesn't mean I still wouldn't have brought this to maybe the B-side episode because I recognise the genius in the work and I do recognise that there's probably a big audience out there for this it just isn't me so yeah i might still have brought this to the show anyway even if it wasn't on the wild card yes but if you did like that go and check out spirits in the pillar and their song singularitarian rhapsody wherever you can i, I think it's on yeah i think it's on band camp and on um you, you know I, I think about the band themselves would listen to what we've just said about that um, and they'd probably take it all as positive. I think they, they've achieved what they set out to achieve. They've got, they've confused some people. They've turned some people off, and they've got some people who think they may check out some more. I, yeah. I think they would, they would take that as well. That's what we're all about. That's great. Can we stop talking about them now? <laughs> 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 all right then. Uh, a, a, a dis, an indecisive wild card this time, people. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next section of the. Show show then uh, which is the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go You know, I could have done that introduction live tonight. <laughs> you didn't work the kids up, though, <laughs> and off the street. I've got to say, guys, the, the jingles on this show are outstanding. <laughs> they really are. They were true. That was brilliant. Uh, excellent. Right. Uh, so we're into the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go section of the show. Uh, on the last episode, we uh, were challenged to go and find some music of Rasguido Doble which is an Afro-American style of music and dance that comes from uh, Paraguay. Now, normally, Rich, uh, of late, has found like an artist and we play some of their music and he has a chat with them and they talk about the genre and all that, but basically, everybody involved with Rasguido Doble is fucking dead. Yeah, they're all dead. Um, Everyone's dead. Brown bread, the lot of them. Couldn't <laughs> talk to anyone. Listening to... Listen to every, every single song I listen to on Spotify is grainy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an old it's an older genre of music. Don't of people who still do this music obviously and it's obviously changed and warped over time it sort of dates back to the early 20s and it comes from uh, the coastal region of Paraguay um, and it's sort of a folkloric coastal music and it sort of heads back to this guy called Emiliano R. Uh, Fernandez and he wrote a song called uh, Roger Silva Recavo uh, I think he's called which is basically it was him rallying the Paraguayans uh, to defend the country against the invading Bolivians in the north and, and that's sort of where it's got its roots from. Uh, and the music is basically, it's played on accordion and guitars and harps, you know, just folk folk instrument. You know, we did a, a, an intense hardcore a few weeks ago, which is from which was from South America, which is pretty much the same sort of thing. It's got that after. It was Afro-Cuban, wasn't it? We did the uh, a few weeks ago, Rich. I can't remember what I've done now. Yeah, that was uh, a few weeks ago. We did one of those. 
and apparently this city gets often confused with this other style of music called uh, Shamama or Shamama I think it's called which is another Paraguayan coastal music Uh, I had a listen to this like I always do and I found a few people I like Liliana Herrero is uh, one that I I actually really enjoyed and uh, Ramon uh, Mensa is another chap who uh, his music was uh, not unpleasurable to listen to I have wrote a little well yeah just for usually like you say I go away and find an artist and I bring their music I couldn't find any and every week we have been writing our own usually it's like a comedy thing that we do it's quite comedic last last week was fucking hilarious it was in fact mine was so offensive I had to stick it on Patreon only Um, (laughs) so go and get Patreon people and have a listen but this one's less comedic this week I still find it kind of funny though because you're trying to recreate a a genre on a five pound keyboard which is it always was 95 pounds thank you okay it was state of the art in 2002 my little Brilliant. djx was so yeah this is um this is your song but I, I can't i don't know what i've done with it oh there it is meet me in velvet that's it meet me in velvet that's the song so yeah it, again for the people listening at home when you listen to this if you think it's not very good we, we do these songs in the space of 90 minutes so they're not created to be good they're created to be funny usually so just take it as take it as what it is it's just a laugh but this one's actually quite I don't don't think I could have created this one but anyway Meet Me in Velvet by Wayne Jokes aside, I thought that was a nice little piece of music. To be fair, I thought well oh. done. Well, thank you very much. It, it had like quite a, like a, a dreamy sort of like little coast to it. I thought it was quite nice. Hmm. I thought it was shit. Considering the amount of time that uh, he puts into the music, and yeah, it's, it's very well done. Yeah, fair play, mate. That was a, that was a really short one as well. That was that was, I wrote that in, done that in, recorded, and everything was together in two days. It was all finished. I was for trying... two days. Oh, he didn't sleep. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It was like wrote wrote the guitar part and had a cup of tea. Have a because I was on holiday. Have a fuck about somewhere out. I went out to Hay on Wye and whatnot. Came back, wrote the fucking lead part. You know. Right, we have to choose a uh, a genre for next time. Well, actually, I've got a bit of... Um, well, well, we'll do the genre for next time, but I've got a little side project as well on top of it. We did choose one, so we just go with that one again? The same... No, 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 we'll, no, we'll, we'll, no, because I don't want to do Christian music. 
which is what we landed on last time. I've been listening to it for the last fucking two days as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Was it Christian ska music? Christian ska, yeah. No, fuck that. We've brought up Christian music the past few weeks. I don't. It's, it, no, I'm pretty yeah. sure Christian Scar does exist, though, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I used to. Oh, I used to listen to a load of it back in the day. Yeah, when I used to be a god botherer, I used to listen to it as well. Little known fact: my my, my old man's actually a vicar, and I was exposed to quite a bit of uh, Christian cheese growing up. Yeah, and loved, it, I'm yeah. Pretty, I'm pretty sure there was like a scar. I think I remember a scar song called Jesus is a Friend of Mine. It's like, Jesus is a friend of mine. You know what? I listened to that today. <laughs> Absolute banger, mate. Every Christian party has to have that at the end of the night. It's like Robbie Williams for them, isn't it? They love it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true story. Back in my God bothering days, I went to see a, um, a Christian scar band in uh, playing at a um, youth club in Worcester or something like that. Um, and they, they were there with you know they were okay but the, the worst part of the evening is they finished with a cover of Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine <laughs> but they changed the lyrics from fuck you well fuck you I won't do, do, do what they tell me to he's my god and I'll do what he tells me oh god <laughs> you know you know, you're just like this is cheese gone too far <laughs> the, thing, the thing is when we was bothering god back in the day before we <laughs> And uh, we, we, you know, we, we was into, into that scene. We didn't when, when we caused concern to the Lord. We, we, when, when we, call... <laughs> we couldn't smell the cheese. No, I, I, I definitely could with that. For example, this was one of our favourite songs back in the day. Jumping in the house of God, jump up, jump in the house, jumping in the house of God. Jumping in the house of God, jump up, jump in the house, jumping in the house of God. Jumping in the house of God, jump up, jump in the house, jumping in the house of God. Jumping in the house of God, jump up, jump in the house, jumping in the house of God. Look, God, one and three, three and the same. I ain't gonna play oh, no more though. Fucking hell, who the, who the fucking hell's converted PJ and Duncan? Fuck me. <laughs> they got they got worse. That that band lost it for me, even as a Christian. When they uh, when they did a cover of uh, Firestarter uh, and changed the lyrics <laughs> to uh, "He's the Firestarter Revival Firestarter." Oh fuck <laughs> you! Oh, there's that old couple as well on the internet. It's like an old deep south pastoral couple and they're really old and they did this video that went viral on YouTube and it's called Jesus Christ is mine n-word <laughs> dear lord and it's, it's the funniest if you haven't seen it you've really don't watch videos of people um, people like uh, doing like reactions to it but just watch the raw clip of them posting it and it's these two old it's this, it's this old American vicar and his wife and I tell you what, I tell you what, the wife actually spits in decent bars on the chone. She's actually pretty bad. <laughs> Let's step away from this, uh, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing's making me sweat a bit, so. Yeah, and me. Uh, so, right, then we're not going to go with Christian Scar because it's a new episode and we actually have a guest to choose one. So, uh, Sam, if you can choose a letter between one and ten. A letter? <laughs> every time. <laughs> Between every week. <laughs> every week. Yeah, Obviously, eight, eight to Z. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go F. Right. There are two pages of Fs. So uh, we're talking about probably about 50 uh, different. So one to 50. Yeah. Uh, let's go 49. Oh, wow. Okay. This is called Future Bass. Oh, yeah, smash this. The, the genre stems from Trap, Duke and UK Garage. It's, it's focused on 808 drums and sawtooth synths. 
So yeah, so on the next episode, look for us to do in Future Base. Uh, yeah, Future that'll be base. interesting. I have to go and have a listen to that shit now. Uh, so hit me with what what was this side project you had for me? Oh yeah, the guys at the Mind Gap podcast. They have a, a section on their show called Anime Out of Context, and what they do is the the listeners or themselves they'll take an, a, a film or a TV series and that they don't know and they'll have the script a part of the script sent to them and they have to read it out to each other not knowing anything about the show or anything and they have to just read it as like it, yeah, me saying it doesn't do it justice it's actually really fucking funny but they haven't got a transition so I'm thinking we come up with a, an anime style intro for the uh, section which has got so, to be like five, I don't know <clears throat> ten, ten, to, 10 to 15 seconds so from my limited uh, knowledge of anime it's all quite jaunty I believe that anime music is and it goes on for far too long like the episodes and it goes nowhere so yeah I'll, uh, it'll probably be about four hours long the transition no, it's, got, it's, got, it's got to be about t- 10, 10 seconds I'd say 15, uh, 15 seconds max just any Japanese pop punk will do really wouldn't it yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm sampling that. I'm sampling that for, and I'm pointing, I'm pointing it in the music that I'll do. So what we'll do is, Wayne, you do a piece, I'll do a piece and then we'll see, let Doug and Justin decide it, which one they like the most, if, if either. Excellent. Right. Uh, we are finished with the Intense Hardcore Genre Musical Challenge Mode. We are doing Future Bass on the next episode and this little side project as well. We will now move on to the uh, history section of the show. Back again, everybody. Episode 14 of the I Don't Know Much About History section. Pull up a chair, get yourselves comfortable. Come on, me. Uh, come with me. Come on, me. Don't come on, me. Don't come on, me. <laughs> come with me down this time tunnel as we uh, look at a song from history. Before we get into that, I will say, uh, if you haven't listened to episode 13, I think Richie has done probably the best interview he's ever done um, uh, in the five years of us doing this podcast with Nancy Nevins from Sweetwater, who were the first band to play at Woodstock. And that is on the last episode. And she's got some fantastic anecdotes and she's really forthcoming with all her... Um, uh, information on everything that was Sweetwater and, and Woodstock so definitely go back because Rich did I think it's your best I think it's your best work mate uh, anyway so uh, uh, go back and listen to that but on episode 14 uh, it is subtitled I do like to stroll upon the prom 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 uh, because it's nearly time it's that time of year again it's uh, nearly time for the proms at the Royal Albert Hall and this is the sort of shit that keeps me up at night as a what was the first prom and what was played you know when was it all from so uh, the first prom uh, was on the 10th of August August 1895 at the Queen's Hall and it was dreamed up by uh, the impresario Robert Newman and the first conductor Henry Wood. Uh, the plan was to get audiences to come and enjoy classical music in a more relaxed uh, relaxed atmosphere and they could just stroll up off the prom and just walk into the, uh, the theatre and, and that's where the name come from obviously and uh, it just stuck after that. Uh, the first piece played at the Festival of Music Sorry, the first piece played at the festi- at this festival of music was a national anthem, followed by a program of music which included pieces by Haydn, Litz, uh, and London premieres of works by Chopin and Bizet, and by the artist from this week, uh, Camille Sanson, and his work for the Carnival of Animals, which we want to play. Part thirteen, the Swan. 
Sorry. I mean, it was nice, but it was no jumping in the house of God. <laughs> oh, definitely not. <laughs> so Camille Sanson was born in Paris in 1835, and he wrote his first symphony at 16. The Carnival of Animals, which is probably his most famous work, was uh, written when he was 51, and he wrote it as a joke. Uh, the Swan, which we've just heard, it was the only piece of music that he was allowed he allowed to be published, and the rest of the movements of the Carnival of Animals weren't released till 
till after his death. You've definitely heard more um, Camille Sanson, uh, but you probably don't know that you have. But if you've ever watched Jonathan Creek, uh, Dance Macabre is Camille Sanson's music that opens that. And Symphony Number no. 3, Organ Symphony, uh, is the main theme to the film Babe, about the little pig. And that's just to name a few. He's, uh, he's, he's a prolific output. Absolutely fantastic. Camille Sanson and The Swan. What do you think, Rich? Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just a beautiful piece of music, isn't it? And that's that's what, that's that that's just what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong; it could have done with a bit of a donk on it, but <laughs> there's not much else you can really say about it. It's just an absolutely beautiful piece of music. I can't take it apart in any way. I'm not, I'm not even going to try. It just it's it's what, what you were saying earlier. It's exactly what uh, Sam said earlier. A piece of music, even without lyrics, should be able to convey a message, a feeling, or you know, paint a picture without even trying. This painted a picture in my head without even trying. It was, it was effortless. It was just effortless, and it's yeah, beautiful. That's what I gotta say, Neil. Yeah, I'd pretty agree. It'd be a beautiful piece of music, very flowing, very well constructed, very sort of precise and yeah just 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 beautiful flows over you with it with ever such a hint of anxiety as a swan though isn't it it could break your arm you know a swan well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they always make out like they're really serene peaceful creatures but they're actually horrible isn't they they're hard as nails oh they're vicious the ones in london will mug you for a shoelace Oh dear, oh dear. Oh, Sam. I thought that was proper nice. I really enjoyed it. Proper nice. Proper nice. It it, it reminded me of um, there's a tune that I got put on to recently called A Lark Ascending by I think it was Nicola Benedetti. And it's, it's, it's quite similar. It's got that. It's no words, and it's sort of got a similar pace. And it, I don't know what in, is it a violin? It's a violin, isn't it? The main yeah, yeah. instrument, yeah. But if you ever, if you like that, you should definitely listen to Alark Ascending by Nicola Benedetti. It's got a similar sort of vibe to it. And like you said, uh, it just, it, in, I was instantly transported, um, not to a place of being robbed by swans, but I don't know. Like, I, I, in my head, I could imagine like like a, a letter being written from the trenches being sort of solemnly read out aloud and narrated over the music you know like my dearest Cynthia <laughs> you know yeah. it's been horrible in these trenches but you know I hope I'll be home by Christmas kind of thing <laughs> I love that your accent went all over the place there it was brilliant <laughs> yeah it kind of went from South, South England to North England over to France yeah yeah brilliant if you wanted more proof people that this, this show is diverse we started it with pop punk and some out there edm and now we're finishing up with a bit of you know full-on classical that was played in the royal uh, sorry in the festival hall or the queen's hall um way back in the 1800s south american folk in between and in between exactly whatever the hell the wild card was exactly yeah all of it that was all of it pushed together one that's that's what it was sound Um, like a pretentious bunch of cons Of all, of all the history sections I've done for the show, and we've done 14 of them now, um, to be honest, it's probably the best music I've brought, but it's the least 
like you know it's the most sedate story he's he's just a composer he was a composer from you know the minute he came out of the womb sort of thing and that's it there's a you know there's a bit in there with his family obviously I've skimmed the surface if you want to know more about Camille Sansol go and have a look because there's loads of you know he's, he's over 100 years ago so if you do just go and have a, have a read on him he's a very interesting character but his music I think probably outweighs his personality by a long way but yeah, that was uh, Camille Sanson and the Swan from the Carnival of Animals. Now, do you want to know what's on the next episode? Sure. Uh, so the episode is subtitled Radio Gaga. So tune in for episode 15 for that. We're going to end up now uh, with the artist spotlight. So, uh, Sam, thanks very much for sticking with us. So, for the uninitiated, tell us what the band's all about. What do they sound like? You know, where you're from and all, all the trinkets in between. Ah, oh, well, where do I start? With the biggest, the best, the loudest, the most bangingest Britpop band you've ever heard in your life. Uh, we're all... Oh, bigger than Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> Maybe Franz Ferdinand fans might disagree. But it's all right, we can have it out. <laughs> well, I, uh, where do I start? Like, I met, I only met the, the other the other lads about a year ago-ish. I, I originally put ads out online to recruit because I'd fallen out with the previous band member. It was just the two of us before that. And then I was suddenly found myself after Fallout on my own with all these songs written. And I was thinking, like, is it ever going to happen? <laughs> this is where it all ends. But then, like... I don't know, I put these ads out and then quite quickly I found four other people and it quickly went from two to one to five or quite quickly. And do you know what? It's the best thing ever because the original advert I put out was quite um, specific. I did do it a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I basically said, like, no vegans, no specky gits or something like that, no... <laughs> um, oh, what is I'm out no straight away then. <laughs> <laughs> no craft beer enfusionists. I was just like, I don't know, I was just put a lot of things that, basically, I just wanted people to be exactly like me, like carbon copies. No, no radio headphones. <laughs> no, yeah, I did, I put no pretentious cunts. <laughs> it, it was quite a silly advert, it's still floating around the, in, uh, the internet somewhere. But basically, for all for all the images of I had of what the band should be, they all kind of melted away, and all these guys came and and they all just write for whatever reason. And the best bunch of guys I could ever hope to make music with. They're proper lads, and we all get it, and we all unite around this genre. But we're all so different at the same time. Like Baz is like he's French, but he's lived in San Francisco and Russia, and he's he's got all like this sort of international hijacking sort of identity. Definitely a spy. Yeah, probably a spy. <laughs> I know what I, I believe it. He's got untrusting eyes sometimes, like he's listening a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got the lead singer Daniele, who's like he's a boxer as well. He does like um, Muay Thai kickboxing, amateur fights and stuff. And he's got that aggression that he just brings and that energy that I wanted. One of the hardest things about trying to find new members was people that actually like have the right energy. Do you know what I mean? It sounds wishy-washy. But there's so many like shit people out there who just play a few chords, and you know they just they I don't know like there's people there's a lot of people who don't have stage presence and don't have that star quality. That's my job in the band is to just bang the chords out and, and have the easy job. But he, he brings that energy that, that fighters have and that focus and that sort of like I don't know man like it's something about when they walk into the ring and they've got that arrogance and that confidence that 
I don't know. I feel like it's popular these days to sort of be a bit more like sort of self-deprecating and a bit more like, oh, do you think this is nice? Or what do you think? A bit, you know, a bit more shy about it. And I didn't want that. I wanted someone that was like, just had a bit more bollocks, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So obviously the Britpop eras, you know, we're looking at 30 years ago now. What convinced you to go back and go, I'll tell you what, I want to start a Britpop band. I want to be in that sort of skirting the edge of indie into rock. What what sort of led you to that um, decision? Uh it wasn't a conscious decision per se. I guess it's a mix of things. One, I do just love that, and that is the music that just comes out of me for some reason, because that's just what's in my head, I guess. And that's just what feeds through. When I'm sitting at home nonchalantly bashing on some chords, I guess that's naturally sort of how I play, because that's just what I like, you know? It's not really something I sort of specifically set out to do so much it's just I just like that music and that's what my hands do when I'm playing I guess also the other I think that the other theory is this is everyone else's theory is that it's really easy to play because you only need four chords <laughs> I'm actually a rubbish guitarist I'm probably the worst musician you've ever had on here it's a bit of a running joke in the band I don't even play with a pick <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, well, you've, so, already, yeah, yeah. you've already got us beat. We've only got three chords between us. So. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've, got, we've got a bass player who plays with a pluck. Do you still use your pluck, Neil? Um, it varies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's, the, uh, that's the running joke, is that it's actually the easiest genre to play for someone of my um, standard. So would you say he's like the, the main inspiration on the band? Who's, who's, who's like sort of other bands that you point towards and go yeah we sound a bit like them or you know yeah we take stuff from them and you know all, all the good ones I'd say all the good ones um, Oasis the Stone Roses Kasabian a bit just the yeah just the big British bands the one, the ones that fill the stadiums not the ones that you find in a little magazine somewhere uh, complaining about not being big enough <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, I like that I like that big spectacle it's a spectacle do you know what I mean and you need something that fills the room you know and that's do, you wear the, do you wear all the clothes as well do you wear the, like the um, the Timberland and the uh, the, no. wear, like, the, the, the zip up the zip up to your up, up, to, your, up to your eyeballs the no, no. Do you know what it is? again like we, we all dress so different on stage like Baz I don't know I don't know what what you'd style you'd call him, but he wears like these extra large Primark t-shirts that it makes him look like a sail. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a know, It's like the Blair Witch or something. He puts his arms out. It looks like he's going to put a hex on someone or something. It's all a bit schematic. <laughs> so I mean, you've got a built-in audience, you know, lads of a certain age, of which I am one. You know, the forty-year-old. What's the sort of demographic you get at the gigs, and what's the sort of? I mean, I'm assuming you guys uh, are, are a gigging band. We are a gigging band. Um, well, we've got a few fans who, who actually like come out and see us quite regularly. We've got a small handful of people that have found us and have, and have spent a bit of time and money like, supporting us. But if I had to put... I couldn't put them in a hole. They're all so different. It's all a bit patchwork, really. We've got, we've got like mums and sons and waifs and strays. I don't know. You, like, if you listen to our music, you'd assume that it was like the Fred Perry gang do you know what I mean or the Pretty Green Boys <laughs> you know yeah. you know it's like, like dads and sons both the matching Paul Weller haircuts and stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of thing you'd like imagine but I ain't seen any of them yet so I guess we've still got a bit of growing to do before we get them but at the moment it's literally just been odds and ends 
which I'm quite happy about, really. Excellent. So, so going forward with Paradise Row. Oh, there's a, there's a question for you. I always forget to ask this. Paradise Row, where did that come from? Right, so me and the, the ex-member, uh, who shall remain, remain nameless, basically we rehearsed in Bethel Green, and next to Bethel Green Station, if you stand there waiting for other people to turn up at the station, you're going to get harassed by crackheads and homeless people, basically, if you stand there too long. Um, they're quite unrelenting, the crackheads in Bethnal Green. They're very persistent. So we we would stand over the road on the quiet bit, which was Paradise Road. And that's where we'd wait for each other because we're always late. No one would ever turn up on time. And it would always be the person who had the key to get into the studio who was late. So the other person had to wait <laughs> all the time. Um, also, but we found out as well that Paradise Road has been referenced in a few tunes. Um, there was a song by, I don't know who wrote it, because it's like one of those old folky, knees-uppy sort of cockney tunes from back in the day. Um, but I know Danny LaRue did a famous cover of it. If I don't know if anyone else knows who Danny LaRue is. a bit of an old name. Yeah, of course we do. Wasn't he yeah. in uh, The Karate Kid? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that though, Rich. He's got to be said. <laughs> Yeah, Danny LaRue sang it, but also Barbara Windsor did the same song as well, and which sort of ties up the story quite nicely because I've actually I've actually done some work on EastEnders myself, uh, working at EastEnders, and obviously Barbara Windsor was you know the landlady of Queen Vic. Yeah, so cool. the fact that the fact that we're named after a street that was referenced in a song sung by Barbara Windsor, who was at EastEnders where I work, who I'm also in the band Paradise Row, it's like a nice little circle. It was completely accidental. We didn't realise that till after we named the band, but it's, it's sort of prophetic in the way. Excellent. So, um, so yeah. the next, the, the, where I was going with the original question was, before we go on to uh, the name of the band, what's uh, what's next for Paradise Row? Where do you guys go? Is it more recording or is it just getting the band out there on the road? Uh, what's, what's next? We've just been in the studio. We've got two new singles coming out. Basically, we've got a big rebrand coming and we, we, we just... That's, the, that's in the near future. We've got two new singles coming out and we're going to have a whole rebrand with like new photos, new singles, new art, new logos, all sorts. But um, if, indefinitely, we just want to carry on gigging. We've got a big headline show coming up with a promoter, This Feeling, uh, in London on November the 10th, I think it was. But if you don't know, go to Instagram and find that because I can't remember the date. But um, <laughs> we're, just, we're slowly growing. It's a bit of a slow burner. It's... it's but we're, we're, we're making some good moves, I think. I think we're heading in a good direction. We're slowly accruing fans and we're slowly clawing our way to relevancy. So if our listeners want to find you and stalk you appropriately on all social medias, where's, where's, the, best, where's the best place to interact with you guys? The best place is Instagram, 100%. We put everything on there. We chat loads of bollocks on there too. So if you if you're looking for more than just music and you want to actually like have a little giggle, be entertained a little bit, you know, definitely head down to Paradise Road Band on Instagram because we do like to tickle your feathers a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Sam, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, Cheers, man. Obviously, keep in touch. Send us all your gear, and we'll uh, we'll continue to uh, support and try and play you on either a B side or get you back on the A side at some point because it's been it's I been appreciate a, a blast. We are rounded up to the end of the show, Rich. Is there anything I've missed or? Uh, um, just uh, did, do you want to tell us a bit about the song we're going to play? Oh, that'd be a good that'd be a good show. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, it's our first single, "Lay Me Down." It's an absolute banger. Um, it's just brilliant that's all you need to know I'm not going to tell you nothing out. I'm not going to explain the lyrics to you just listen you know what it's about it's good <laughs> alright that's it you know what I mean 
Love it. <laughs> Straight into the point. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, we all rounded up to the end of the show. Uh, lads, it's been another stellar episode. Rich, thanks very much for joining me. Neil, thanks very much for coming along, Neil. It's been great having you back on. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Brilliant, brilliant. And and Sam, thank you as well. So, if we're rounding up to the end of the show... Oh, before we run off, uh, you can support us on Patreon, like, uh, like Rich has been banging... It's all in the show notes. It'll be there. Just go and hit it. And you want to tap it up. You want to listen to Richie's dirty songs that he puts out. He loves it. And he does it for you lot. He doesn't do it for any sort of self-gratification. Yes, he does. He definitely does it for self-gratification. That's besides <laughs> the point. Go and listen to his dirty songs through Patreon. Uh, you can find us on, on Twitter and all that. It's not just me. Did. I've had to put one of yours on as well the other week. You did, the, you, you did lyrics to one song and I thought, I, I just don't want to put that. I'm, I'm going to put that on Patreon now. So there's yours on yeah, there as well. Yours was filth. Mine was shit. That's the difference. Mine wasn't filth. Mine was just dis- mine was, it was disgusting. <laughs> you needed help. You were asked if you needed yeah. help after it. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad because I had Emrose on. She's like 18 year old. She's like a delicate flower. And I felt like I defiled her or something. Oh, you, you defiled me and I'm 42. So. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Go find us on, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, YHHTMPC.com as well. Go over there and you'll see all the lovely stuff we do and all the people we're supporting and all the people that we are being pushed through our uh, promotions uh, side as well well anyway we're, we're rounding up so all that's been left to, all that's really left to say is I've been Wayne I've been Richie Neil our guest has been Sam <laughs> <laughs> and I've been Rose thanks for having me cunts <laughs> <laughs>
that's a wrap. Great track there. Enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. That was yeah, full on to the wall Britpop. That was, and, uh, I think it was, uh, do you know what? It wasn't... The, the vocal sounded Britpop, but it was more rock and roll than uh, Britpop, I thought. Yeah, we're not just Britpop. We're just very heavily inspired by it. It's just our starting yeah. point. I don't think it's where we end necessarily. Yeah, you could hear it in there, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't all-encompassing Britpop. Yeah, appreciate that. Five, I don't know, <clears throat> ten, ten to fifteen <coughs> seconds, if that. God, Wayne, what was that? That that wasn't me. Of course, it's, of course, it's not me. We, we, we got it, the it, it, it's it's me. I forgot. I forgot, <laughs> I, forgot, I, forgot I forgot to mute. Can you edit that out? No, I'm putting that somewhere. I'm putting that right at the end. That was Neil coughing out a lung. <laughs> How <laughs> oh, I the lung coffee notes. That, that was me expelling a demon back to the <laughs> religious stuff. Okay. Um, so, even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.